Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I am Dale Luganbill. Before we get on with the show, let me tell you about thebeardstruggle.com. Guys, (laughs) uh, I have... I still have my beard. I can't, I literally can't bring myself to cut my beard this year. Every, every day I'm like, I think I should, especially when it gets hot. I'm like, I'm going to, that's it. I'm going to go to my summer goat and, and these products, I'm telling you, they like change my beard. I mean, they're just, they're that good. And, uh, so you got to check them out. Thebeardstruggle.com, um, put in code full scale 15 at checkout you save yourself 15 percent. i got the beard shampoo i got like this kit that you can buy it has like everything in it um you know shampoo the beard balm and the elixir and there's all this other stuff that i thought i would never use in my entire damn life but hey here i am and i'm actually pretty glad that i did uh man just the beard is soft it's supple it grows better it's filling in really nice um Literally, my beard's never looked better, so I'm just having a, a hard time getting rid of it. And there's a strong possibility at this point that I won't. Because now, I mean, if I shave it now, I feel like I'm going to have a tan line on the bottom of my face. And that's going to look really weird, <laughs> at least for a couple days. Because uh, I definitely got the raccoon eyes going from, from fishing a lot. So check it out, thebeardstruggle.com. If you are a bearded lad or you are thinking of becoming a bearded lad... Or maybe you're a woman and you want to join the circus and there's a spot open for the bearded lady. I don't know. I'm not here to judge, dude. So, or do that. Just go get it. Whatever makes you happy. Thebeardstruggle.com, full scale, 15 at checkout. Save yourself 15%. All right, here we go. On today's episode of the Full Scale Outdoors podcast, I have a friend returning. If uh, for those longtime listeners, uh, go all the way back to episode number three. I talked to a gentleman named Orlando Childs. He goes by Buck the Black Hunter. Um, we created pretty much an instant friendship. 
Uh, I would recommend anybody go back and listen to number three. It's a great conversation. Uh, we kind of got deep into some social, um, um, I don't know, some pretty sticky social situations, and uh, it went really well. It was a great open-minded conversations on all sides. Uh, his girlfriend Cassie was there, and so she kind of gave the female perspective. He gave me the black man perspective, and obviously I had the, the white man perspective, and, and it all kind of jived. And in light of our current situation and where we are and civil unrest um it was actually a really refreshing conversation so you could share ideas and and nobody was unfriending anybody or getting upset and it's um it was cool and i love this dude he's just he's a he's a very open-minded individual he's very accepting he wants to do great things he has this uh company called campfire evolution and it's about bringing people together and sharing ideas and you know bringing all sorts of different kinds of people together uh he's got a huge heart um i just love this dude he's a great dude um so check it out we uh we did over the phone because he lives in california and i just haven't talked to him for a while so i was like what the hell let's record so here it is let's do this this is the full scale outdoors podcast with buck the black hunter Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Yeah, man, a little family time. Um, needed. Cassie's starting work tomorrow, so she needs to, uh, you know, she wants to get out and see the family. And she's all, she's a wreck because I'm on daddy duty now. So uh, <laughs> she's going back to work. And I'm not sure if you've seen my style of daddy duty. It's basically, uh, she just hangs out with me and does what I do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not like that. That was my daddy duty. I, I mean, I don't know why it needs to change much. Well, because she, Cassie's kind of like, I want you to engage with her. I want you to read books to her. I want you to show her colors and shit. And I'm like, look, that's your style. My style is, I'm gonna talk to her. I'm gonna have a conversation with her like I was. By myself, like, oh shit, I gotta do this. Oh, I gotta do that. Oh, what do you think about this? Oh, what do I, what should I do here? Like, my style is put you in your chair or sit you in my lap, and we're gonna figure out. Like, right now, I'm at, I'm, I'm e scouting. I talked to you about this before about e scouting, this new zone, and I essentially just walk through everything I'm doing with her, and she just sits there and looks at the TV. And whenever she gets cranky, dude, no lie. She takes out her dad on this one. Whenever she gets cranky, Randy Newberg, bro, <laughs> calms her down. <laughs> I Uncle swear Randy. To, I Uncle have videos. Uncle rescue. Randy. <laughs> dude, I have videos of her just like, just like 
playing in her crib, not even paying attention. All of a sudden, I'll 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 press play. This these are this is this kind of hunt that um you know my son Matt and I and these are those kind of hunts that you just don't you know now it's more about who I'm hunting with rather than what I'm hunting and she just tunes forgets what she's doing and just tunes in to Lenny Newberg and she'll start laughing at him. She'll just sit there and start cracking up. She's so funny. That's hilarious. Um, she's definitely an, she's an outdoor baby for sure. She does not like to be inside. Whenever my 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 medicine for getting her to stop crying is taking her outside. Perfect. Um, perfect. That's what I do. I, I grab her, I take her outside, and then she stops. She shuts up. Um, and I don't know if it's because it's just a distraction or she just needs a breath of fresh air. She's tired of being in the damn house. But but anyway, that's my day. How's your day, bud? Uh, today, pretty lazy. Uh, slept in, and by sleeping in, I mean, I woke up naturally at like 630 because that's when the dogs, uh, the four-legged alarm clocks, say it's time to get up. Um, but then fed them, took them out, did all that, then laid back down and uh, just snuggled with the pups for a little bit. Uh, it's really windy here today, so I just decided, uh, kind of fought that wind on the lake yesterday. Put in a long-ass day yesterday, uh, scouting for club tournaments next weekend. So I kind of crammed two days of scouting into one day and then decided to just take the day off today, and that's what we did. So then we went out, and um, as Minnesota starts to open back up and get back to normal here, we found a spot that had uh that was serving lunch till noon so wife wanted a bloody mary so that's what we did went and got some breakfast and her brunch if you want to call it that and she ordered a bloody i don't like bloody so uh i got a screwdriver mm-hmm. which i don't know didn't even taste like yeah. there is anything in it and then so i went to a white russian after that well i mean your tolerance to alcohol is a little higher than most people's so even though there might there might have been shit alcohol in there, even though it did probably wouldn't taste it anyway. Well, I mean, I just didn't taste it. I didn't. I mean, I don't know. It's not so much like my tolerance for like the effects of alcohol. It's like I didn't actually even like taste it. So whatever. It's it, it was fine. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's that. Yeah, but man. I thought, man, I haven't talked to. So how this came up is, uh, I don't know why, but on my phone, I don't know if it was after. Uh, like I reloaded the Apple Podcast app or whatever, but apparently my phone decided to download a bunch of old episodes from like a, a few of the different podcasts that I subscribe to, like Rogan. There's a bunch of old Rogan that decided to download for whatever reason. Um, just some random other ones that are on there. But it did the same with Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. And so I was like, ah, you know what? It's could be a good insight just to listen to some old ones you know and so number three with the orlando Childs, buck the black hunter when i first went out and visited you in california i was like oh this ought to be good <laughs> uh and it actually was good i was i was actually kind of surprised like you know what? that was a decent conversation we had when cassie was on there with us and man we dove into some we dove into some topics that you know most people would probably tiptoe around, but, you know, we just did it because we were just, uh, we were friends just talking. And, uh, I don't know, I thought it was a really good conversation. And so I thought, man, I need to reach out. We need to do this again. But before we yeah. get into any of that stuff, which, you know, we probably will, um, how did your, your, um, I know how your bear hunt went because I talked to you, but 
some of my listeners might not know how your bear hunt went. So uh, why don't you run us down? You did a spring bear hunt in Montana. Why don't you go ahead and tell that story? Well, um, spring bear hunt in Montana, uh, it went okay. And after I explain is how it happened, you guys don't understand what I mean by okay. Um, essentially, you know, we got out there. The first two days, we had no clue what we were doing. Um, I was hunting with a guy who uh, uh, kind of, we're going through it right now because of all this stuff going on. Uh, anyway, um, but really good friend of mine, um, and we had no clue what we were doing. So we were just driving around all day, just driving around, looking for spots. The first morning, <laughs> the first morning, opening day for me, getting out there, uh, we pull up to the trailhead, and our idea is we're going to hike in on horseback a couple miles, get to the spot where we can glass, and, and and go there. It's like, I've been up here. I've seen deer. I've seen elk. You know, there's got to be a bear up here. So, uh, you know, I don't know shit about Montana, so I'm just, you know what, whatever you say, bro, um, I'm going to do it. So we get to the trailhead. We get out the horses pack up everything and um he for some reason thought it was a great idea for me to ride a horse that never had anybody else but him on him oh well he was like you know he's fine with me he i haven't had any problems with him so he, he might be fine for you and you know i don't care i don't give a fuck like i'll ride a horse i would like, say i don't even know i don't even know your background like how much horsemanship experience like do you have i guess we've never really talked about riding horse i don't have any horsemanship i just get on and i just figure it out as we go like how many Literally. times like how many times have you have rode before i rode a horse twice before this horse oh shit and each time i was just like oh there's a horse oh yeah you want to get on I'm like yeah sure boom get on oh okay this is how you do turn right turn left back front perfect let's go <laughs> like i just picked it up and just <laughs> Like automatic nature for me to ride a horse. Um, me and horses have a, I can kind of tell when a horse is irritated and I knew that this horse is irritated. And I told him like, I don't think this horse anyway, I'm going, I'm getting off track. So we pack up the horses, get all their shit on. I get my backpack on my rifle on my rifle won't fit in the horse. Uh, there's a pack that you can put your rifle in, uh, and the horse can carry your rifle. My rifle's not going to fit in there for some reason because it's just the, the way that the leather has been so compacted throughout the years. It's just like solid leather. Um, so there's no getting my rifle in there. So I just put it on my back. No problem. With my backpack, all good. No problem. Um, time for me to get on the horse. Time. Okay. So, uh, I, um, I'm, you know, petting the horse. I'm letting him know me. I'm hanging out and I'm, I'm, I'm loving on him. I'm, I'm giving him treats and shit and, you know, now it's time for us to ride. So I'm getting ready to get on. Put my foot inside of the, uh, I forgot what it's called. Stirrup. My foot inside of, yeah, that. And um, the horse backs up. He's like, oh. I'm like, all right, dude. This horse does not want me on him. He's like, no, he's just being stubborn. Don't let him win because if you let him win, then he's gonna know that he he that that that, that he's gonna know that he can bully you. He, if you if you let him bully you, he's gonna know that you can bully he can bully you. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna let this horse bully me. You know, I'm gonna love him more. Love him a little bit more. 
And I looked at him and said, hey, I'm going to get on you now. Are you ready? Try to get on him again. He, was, he moved out of the way. I'm like, you know what, Josh? I don't think this is a good idea. And he's like, you know what? You give him one more try, and, it, and, and we'll call it good. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. I can't let this horse beat me. Not a big deal. Let's just go. It's, time, it's game time. So I, I get on this horse. At the moment I get on this horse, he starts walking backwards. Like, oh, oh. Like, I'm too big for the horse, right? Like, I'm, like I'm just this fat piece of shit on this horse's back and he's like what the fuck did you put on on me what the fuck is going on here so uh (laughs) at that moment i realized there's a problem the horse decides to shake me off he rears up and starts shaking and he's like fuck get this guy off of me what he didn't realize is that i was not my legs were like clenched to him I was not going to get bucked off and get hurt by him stepping on me. So it's either, it's either we're both going down or we're not going to go down. Either we're both going down together or we're just going to stay on, you're going to stay on your feet. You pick one. But if, if I go down, you're coming down with me. He rears up a little too far back, falls on top of me. Oh Literally, my God, dude. the moment, bro, the moment I was in the air, I was like, this hunt is over. My hips are about to break. I got this big ass ton, one ton animal about to fall on me. Like he's riding me, like, like revert, like, like missionary, bro. Like reverse missionary. He's riding me. I'm on my back. He falls on top of me. Boom. I, if anyone's familiar with MMA fighting or jujitsu, I hip scape, um, which is basically, I just put my hands on his back. And I remove myself from under him while still having like a defensive pose because I don't know what the fuck this horse is going to do. This horse falls on top of me. I hip escape. He ended up getting hurt major because when he got up, his leg was like limping and um, I was fine. Um, so I thought uh, I was fine at the moment. And I said, you know what, fuck it. Let's just go. We're just going to hike in there. No problem. Um, it's no problem at all. Let's just do it. Uh, the one thing I did want to check was my rifle because I literally fell on top of my rifle. Luckily, I didn't fall on the elevation. I fell on the windage. So that didn't change at all. I went and I shot a couple rounds. I hit a rock at 120 yards. I was perfect. All right, cool. That's fine. Um, but once I got about three miles in, it was an eight-mile hike to where we're going to be hunting from. Once I got about three miles in, I was fucking fucked. My back started hurting. My groin started hurting. My, my tailbone started hurting. Um, I knew something was wrong within my leg. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I'm here to get a bear. Fuck it. Um, at this time, it was like 730 in the morning, and we're still hiking. I'm like, fuck it. We're, we're going to do this. I want to get a bear. I want to have boots on the ground, and I want to see what I can do in Montana. So we get up there. We see... So many moose. We see so many elk. We see a big fat herd of white toes, but no bears. So we're glassing, we're glassing, we're glassing. And I'm like, now I don't even see any shit. Like, I don't see no sign. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I had my buddy call his, call his other friend. And he's a guy in Montana. And he works for this outfitter. And we're like, hey, man. We don't know what we're doing. He's like, oh, 
what time is it, man? You guys are out there too early. It's like, what? why'd you guys go out there right now? Bears don't come out until like 4 o'clock in the evening. The last hour of daylight is when all the bears come out. And we're like, what? Really? He's like, yeah, bears are like, bears are like lazy teenagers. You know, imagine you don't want to do shit all day, but eat. So what do you do? You sleep in until about 12. You wake up, you get a snack. You go back to bed until about 4. Once it gets cool outside, then you go party. And I was like, wow, that's a way to think about it. Um, so <laughs> we ended up just going back. I hiked back down. We, we, it was about 8 miles in, 16-mile day, not including, like, going from ridge to ridge, looking 16-mile um, day. And we, you know, we went back. We had some sandwiches. We went out that night. Literally the first, well, we went out like 5.30. Our spiritual head at about maybe 5.45, 6 o'clock. We're driving up to this hill to, so we can glass. Bear in the road. It's 6 o'clock oh, wow. in the at night. Bear in the road. It's a little tiny bear. I'm not going to shoot him. He's cute. He's alone. Not my style. Um, not a first bear that I would want to get. Like if, I wanna, if I'm, if I'm going to shoot a bear... I'm not going to shoot an adolescent bear that hasn't even gotten his dick wet. Um, so I just waited. And, you know, I packed that bear up and beautiful bear, color fade. Uh, he was feeding on a carcass. Um, and, yeah, but I just said, you know what? I'm just going to come back later, see if another bear comes in and starts feeding on the carcass. Turns out it was a mom and cubs. So I was like, ah, I'm out of here. I'm not talking with mom and cubs. And, you know, it's illegal to shoot the mom anyway. So, you know, we, we go up there to where we're going to glass. We glass, we glass, we glass. It is Tickville up in Montana in Plains. There are so many ticks. I almost want to go and buy a bunch of wild turkeys and raise them and then let them go in the hills. <laughs> well, we got wild turkeys Just in Minnesota, so, and trust me, there's still plenty of ticks. God damn. There's so Bro, he bring his daughter on, on when we went riding uh, uh, Road hunting. He banged his daughter, and we got out. We walked to this little ridge so we can glass. She may have bumped into a bush or something, but she had six ticks on her. I had like eight all over randomly. One crawled on my face, and I was just, I seen it in my eye. In my eye, like I could see it in the bottom of my eye. Like oh shit, there's a fucking tick right there on my <laughs> cheekbone. Um. And I was paranoid the whole time. Like, we went to, we, we got beat so fast. I beated myself down so fast, bro. Every time, just my, my hair, I'm paranoid. I have dreadlocks, for those who don't know. And I'm super afraid of ticks. Even, like, super afraid of ticks. That's, that's the one thing that I'm like, I get freaked out over very easily. You said there's a tick crawling on me. I'm scared. Um, but we found a lot of ticks. That was day one. Second day, we played a little smarter, and we're like, you know what? We're going to play it smart. We're going to go to a different area where I've seen bears, he's seen bears before, and we're going to glass. We're going to go up a little higher, we're going to glass. Um, another problem that I had was the distances, because the first place he went to the first day, the minimum distance is about 500 yards. I didn't want to shoot a bear at 500 yards. Um, a, because I've never shot that far before, and I don't want to practice on a, on a live right. animal. Yeah, that's smart. And yeah, and B because five hundred yards just I I I love getting closer and further. Um so I didn't really 
I didn't want to. I, I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel comfortable being boasting about. Now, for those who can shoot 1,000 yards, 1,600 yards, wherever, you're a G, you're awesome, you're amazing. But for me, I find that I feel a lot better about myself when I stick with my mental plan. My mental plan was still shifting under. And I didn't want to deviate from a mental plan just because of disparity. Uh, so I just stuck to my guns and said, you know what, 350 is my back. That's as far as I'm shooting. So we have to go to a place where my shots are going to be about 350 yards, or I can actually get to a place where I can shoot about 350 yards. Because these places were like canyons, like deep down and deep up. And you don't even know where to go, where, what's down there, what's, how to get up. Um, we had his daughter, so it was kind of like we can't really do a lot, obviously, because we have a four-year-old with us. Um, all right, so let's go to a place with 300 yards, 300 yard shots, 400 yard shots. Nice. Cool. You go to this place, like rock, like rock hillside. Um, and it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I can't even like, if there was a drug addict that was like, bro, I just need to get away. I just want to get away to a place where I can feel like I'm alone. I would take him to this place because there was berries, there was water, there was animals everywhere. Um, it was just beautiful, beautiful place. And when I was, when I was sitting in there, when I was sitting in that, in that honey hole, all I kept thinking was, wow, God made this place. Like, I can't believe this place exists. There's snow right behind me and it goes down into this draw that like changes colors because there's this white cap and it goes down into like green, uh, foliage and the trees start coming in and it opens up the like low grasses and flowers. And there's berries everywhere. It's just like, oh my God, this is beautiful. It's a beautiful place. And as I'm glassing, I see a big black dot moving across the hillside. I'm like, oh shit, there. And I'm about a thousand yards from it. When I ranged it with my, uh, my rangefinder, it was like 11 something. I'm like, fuck, okay, great. There's this road right here. I can drive down this road and get within 350 yards of it. So we drove down this road. We got to a place where we can glass it. It wasn't going to smell us. Perfect. So I'm looking at this bear, and something doesn't seem right about it. Um, I don't know a lot about bears, but it didn't seem right. So I'm looking at this bear, and she's, I say she, but it is barely moving. And I'm like, why isn't this thing moving? And it would, it would move, and it would go behind a tree. And you can see, like, the butt and the head. And the, the big tree is, like, blocking all its vitals. So I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. A minute, right? And then it moves a little bit, and I have full, full sight of this bear. I have crosshairs on this bear. I can shoot this bear, but I'm like, something doesn't look right. Uh, and then it crosses over the mountain, it goes over, pops over, I lose sight of the bear. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I'll come back tomorrow, and we'll look at this bear, same spot, and we'll figure out what's going on. But something didn't look right about that bear. So he went back the next day. Turns out that bear had two cubs and was feeding it the whole time. So we went to the same spot, the same exact time of day, the same pattern. The bear gets out, walks up the same hillside. I'm 350 yards away. I put it in my crosshairs. My buddy says, football's behind him, behind the football. Little tiny brown footballs are following the mom. And at that point, it's just like a, like an awe moment. Like we're just going to watch it there and, and, you know, just praise her beauty. 
because uh, I'm obviously you not know, shooting the bear, you're not shooting the female bear that has cubs. It, it, even if it's legal, it morally for me, I would feel horrible. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we watched this bear for a little bit. It it, it fed and milked the babies. It was playing with the babies. It was breastfeeding the babies a little bit more. And it fed a little bit more and it went over the hill and it came back over the hill and they rolled and they played. It was awesome. Very experience. That's pretty cool. Um, but I'm yeah, man, and I've never really seen bears act like that. I've just seen them running away from me. So to see them just kind of chilling and playing and mom being mom and, you know, the kids being kids, it was, it was, it was almost like, you know, you feel bad because you're, they're, they act so much like you. You can't help but, like, make a comparison and be like, wow, as a kid, I can see myself rolling down this hill. And my mom, you know, as a kid, will probably roll down the hill with me just to play and, like, uh, you, you can't help but make that connection. But I'm there for business, I'm there for me, and that's what I was, that's what I was going to do. The next day, I don't know anything about bears, like I said before. But I didn't want to go to that same spot because for some reason in my head, I have it, okay, if there's a mama bear over here, there's probably not going to be a male hanging around the mom or the mom hanging on the male. So let's go to the next ridge and let's go out this area. Um, we're driving, we're driving, we're road hunting because my, my hips are sore, my hamstring is fucked, my knees are fucked, I'm in, I'm in pain when I walk. Um, so we're driving, we're road hunting, we go to this area, I hike up about three miles up to this canyon and we're, we're glassing, we're glassing, we're glassing, the sun's getting ready to go down, we're like, fuck, we're not seeing anything, hunting hours on, so let's just head back. Um, so we're driving back, um, I'm like, you know what? I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm happy. I, I seen the bear. I did this. We only have, we have two days left. One of the days is dedicated to the girls because I wanted to take Cassie out to enjoy Montana and just kind of shop around and be, and be, you know, tourists or whatever. Uh, so yeah, one day left, you know, I'm not tripping. Let's just go home and have some food, man. Just hang out. You know, I'm already planning on coming back in the fall, but let's just plan for that. You know, let's have some fun next tomorrow. We'll come to the same spot and we'll look, but, I mean, the, tomorrow we'll go hang out in, in, uh, in Montana and do our thing. The last day, we'll come back to this spot and just chill, have some sandwiches, and just kind of just chill on this mountain in class. So as we're driving, we're joking around, we're laughing. I've already, like, mentally, I've already been like, all right, I don't think it's going to happen this time. But the minute I think that, I look to my right, and I see this black dot coming down this hill. Immediately, my heart starts to pump like crazy because I know it's not a style. There's no cubs. The way it's walking is like, I'm the shit. I'm the fucking shit. Move, rock. Move, tree. Like, it just <laughs> seemed like cock, of, like cock of the walk attitude. So immediately, my heart is like, pumping like crazy. I'm like, oh my God, bear. I hop out of the car. I lay down. I put my crosshairs on him. I'm like, how far is he? My buddy doesn't have his range finder. He's like, oh my God, I don't have a range finder. Go back in the car. He goes back in the car, slams the door, like a, like a, like a whatever. Slams the door. The bear <laughs> looks, runs, but he runs to an area where I actually have a better line of sight. So I get up, I move a little bit to my left, I lay back down. The bear is just kind of feeding behind this log. I'm like, how far is he? He's 3.30. Okay. Okay. Crosshairs on him. He's facing away from me. Okay. He's quartering 
sort of away from me now. Okay, now he's facing towards me. Okay, now he's broadside. Okay. <clears throat> Take a shot. I lose sight of the bear. The, the, my, my rifle jumps up. I lose. I didn't have it tucked in tight enough. That was my bad. Uh, my rifle jumps up. I lose control of it. I try to re-find the bear in my scope. I can't see it. So I look up. The bear's running down the hill. I look at my buddy and say, what happened? He's like, you drilled him. You dropped him, bro. You freaking drilled him. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. He like jumped over the log and then he jumped back over the log and ran downhill. I'm like, really? Okay. Uh, let's go over there. So like I said about not knowing where you're shooting, uh, when we hiked down, it was an avalanche shoot. It was just rock, just rock, gnarly rock, gnarly, like, a uh, bunch of pine, like they were, like it was a, a new uh, growth of pine trees. Like they, they just plant, like a plant, like they went in there and planted a bunch of pine trees um, and forgot about them. They're all about like six feet high and they're real close together. So you're like, like moving through like a jungle. Then it turns into rock. Then it turns into more jungle, flat with the river bottom. You go back up this steep canyon, just rocks. And I'm cooking, I'm hiking, I'm cooking, I'm hiking. You can't find any blood. You can't find any sign that we shot the bear. You can't find anything. It's getting dark. I'm like, all right, let's just back the fuck out, go home, sleep on it, come back in the morning and look for this bear. Um, so we do that, come back in the morning, we're looking for the bear, went back to the same spot, no blood. How was, it, how was that night's sleep? I, I did not sleep. I did not. <laughs> there was no sleep. Um, I ended up basically, <laughs> I went to bed at like 12, which I lay, was laying down. I went to bed at like 12. I woke up at like 2, and I was like, just up. Um, <laughs> yeah, just I was just running. Trying. Just yeah, running yeah. through that, that shot like 100 times, I bet. Like, uh, I, I was so mad I didn't take the time to just calm down and grab my video camera and set the video camera up and record and then grab my rangefinder and range a couple of shots because he wasn't going anywhere. When I saw him, he didn't even know we were there. He didn't even care about us being there. It was once he slammed the door, the bear was like, oh, shit, I know what sound that is. Yeah. I'm out of here. And that's when he tried to dip out. But if I would have just stayed calm, got everything together, situated, laid down and waited, I would have probably had a way better opportunity. Um, but anyway, I, I, we go back the next morning. I didn't get any sleep that night. Um, like, I'm irritating him in the morning because I'm up at like 2, 3 a.m. Clothes are already on. I'm like looking at like different shooting videos, like how to tell like if a bear is hit. I'm like YouTube. How do you know if a bear is hit? I'm Googling. How, how do you know? Um, yeah, fucking move, right? Um, I uh, we ended up going back to the same spot. I he drove up, dropped me off. He went back down to an area where he can pick me up. I scoured that whole area, and then a mile east and a mile west, up and down the draw, up and down the um, the riverbank or the little stream. I mean, the little stream they have rolling through there. I didn't find any blood. I didn't find any sign of him even remotely. Like, I didn't even see him. Normally, you, you'll find a trail of 
just mass boulder going through brush. You can oh. follow that brush trail. Bears are ninjas, dude. Bears are ninjas. They yeah. do not leave. They don't leave trails. Unless, unless the bear yeah. steps in mud or soft sand or something. No, forget it, dude. They don't leave. They don't leave a trace. So that's basically um, what happened. There was no trace. No, I didn't find the damn thing. Um, well, chances are you probably I, missed it. I mean, if he said it jumped, um, you know, he could have just got hit by some like rock shrapnel or something, and that freaked him out. Oh, bro, kind of act. I'm like, getting ready to bust myself out. And, and and let everybody know how much of an idiot I am. And I will say idiot because I feel I feel like an idiot. So I bought a new scope, um, a Vortex PSP Gen two. It's like a you know, it's, a, it's not like the greatest scope in the world, but it's a good scope. Um I adjusted the side parallax to be able to see three hundred and thirty yards. I didn't touch the elevation. Oh right. So wherever I was aiming at the elevation I was at, the bullet I was using, I would need to raise my elevation about a foot and a half. Oh, man. You I shot, shot a foot dude. and a half under the bear. Probably more than that. At that range, you probably oh, yeah. hit the ground. So, wave. Yeah, so he, got, right. he got hit by rock shrapnel, and that freaked him out. Yeah. There's every Pretty much so every a bear shot I've seen, whether it's rifle or bow, wherever they get hit, they, like, turn and try to bite what bit them, you know? Like they, mm-hmm. they literally like roll their body in half and try to bite. And then they just take off running like a bat out of hell. If they yeah. don't, you know, if they that's, don't just drop right where they stand, obviously, but. That's what I wish would happen, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that I realized after my whole stressful event that I, I completely missed it because I was going to throw my tag and just be like, well, I shot a bear. I'm done. Um, but once I didn't find any blood the second time, didn't find any animals, didn't smell nothing. I was quite convinced I did not even touch the bear. The foot and a half, once I looked up on my, my bullet drop, I was like, oh shit, a foot and a half. Like that's how much I had to raise it. It is like, I think it's 7.2 um, is where you click it to. And for those who have the scope, you know, you click it to 7.2, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so that, Made me, that forced me to go on to this journey of bullet trajectory and ballistic. And I went a little bit nuts. Um, I contacted a company, Kinton, I think is what it's called. They make these special turrets for particular rifle scopes. You send them your, you send them what bullet you're using, the muzzle velocity, and the elevation in which you're hunting. And there's a couple of different specific stuff like humidity and all that stuff. But a lot of that stuff doesn't really change too much. And um, they'll make you a custom dial. So instead of clicking the 7.2, I can just click the 330. You know, that, that is my 7.2 at this elevation. So I got a new turret that allows me to shoot anywhere from uh, sea level all the way up to about seven, like nine, like 7,000 feet. There's a two inch variation between sea level and 7,000 feet. So even if I'm at like 7,000 feet and I click up to like 300 yards, 400 yards, uh, I think I, I did it. I, I clicked up to 500 yards. I'm sorry. I would only be off by two inches at 7,000 feet. And if I 
quick with the 500 yards at sea level, I'd be lower two inches. So in my mind, big game animal, dinner plate, four-inch variation, that's fine. I'll take that. Um, so I got that because most of my hunts are going to be right in the middle at about 4,000 feet elevation. Um, but yeah, my bear hunt went good because I learned a whole lot about bears. Um, it didn't go bad because I didn't injure a bear. Yeah, a clean miss it is always go, way better than a than a bad hit. Hell yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened, man. Um, I mean, you focus a little bit more on, on placement and ballistics, and um, I dived into the type of bullet I'm going to use next time. I'm going to use the, I was using, I was trying to be, you know, con, con, not carnivore, but I was trying to be thoughtful of the, the, the ravens and the hawks and the eagles and all the birds that are going to be picking at this gut pile. I was, well, I wasn't going to leave the guts because I wanted to make sausages. But um, I use a E-chip. Um, basically, it's a non-lead chip that just expands with the goods. It's from Nosler. Nosler makes, makes a good bullet. So I figured, hey, let's use this E-chip on this animal so I can be ethical about this kill. Um, but now I've left that kind of out. And I'm just, I'm, I mean, I still have my E-chips, but I'm also going to be using... Uh, ballistic tips on soft skin animals like deer, and um, I have my Acubon for uh, for like big animals like elk, and um, yeah, that's what I'm be using when I go back. I'm using the Acubon 180 grain bullets on the bear if I ever get another one of my crosshairs. Um, but yeah, it went it went it went good, and I'm so glad my panda has a season where you can buy a tag, hunt it in the spring and then go back in the fall if you're not successful. So thank you, Montana. With the same tag? I will be back. With the same tag, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's pretty cool. So I was concerned about that too. But on the tag, it says it lasts until 21. Um, So yeah, this tag is valid um, with the dates. As long as the dates are up right now, I think it's still actually bear season right now until the 15th. Two more more days of bear season, but uh, yeah, this tag is valid until uh, after that spring, after that fall. I mean, September. Um, it opens up in September for a couple of weeks, and then yeah, it's good. But um, yeah, that's what kind of kind of came out. Well, when you head out in the fall, spring. are you going to do a combined hunt? You're going to have an elk tag on you too. Well, I suppose that elk, but the elk season doesn't kick until what October. I don't know about the elk season in Montana, but I did not put in. I need to put in for a draw. For uh, for elk in Montana, for non-residents. I thought you and got. Did, did you get drawn for uh, something? I got drawn for. So here's my plan. So I got fall bear five days, September fifteenth. Um, I'm gonna hunt for five days and come back. Um, or if I get a bear, I'm gonna help out. I'm, I'm going hunting with another individual. Um, if I help, you know, if I get a bear soon, I'll just stick around camp and help him out for a couple of days. Then it's down to Wyoming, or I got a cow out back in Wyoming. I'm looking oh, okay. right now. Um, then I'll be hunting cow up for a little bit. Um, then October 1st is the opener for deer. I have not got my results back for deer yet, but I'm assuming because it's not a highly valued zone or region, 
um, then I'm going to get it. I got it my first year with no points. I got it my second year with no points. Um, I had to retract it my second year because of some other stuff that popped up. Um, but then this year, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to get that, that, that buck tag. And that's kind of like my, my redemption from the first year for missing this huge, like, I thought it was a cow with antlers. Um, <laughs> huge buck. It was huge. So that's kind of what I got. I, I bro, I also drew a, um, a glory hunt in California with no points. The hell's a glory Whatsoever. hunt? That sounds dirty. A glory hunt is, <laughs> ooh, that kind of sound like <laughs> dirty, but, uh, <laughs> a glory hunt is basically like a hunt that requires a shit ton of points. Like you, you like got it with no points? Like nine points. I got it with no points. Here was my goal. I didn't want to hunt. I, I wasn't, I didn't like to say I didn't want to hunt, but I wasn't planning on hunting an X zone because I didn't have any points. So I only applied for, for zones that I knew I wasn't going to get because I didn't want to hunt anywhere else in California. Like, I personally am not a big fan of hunting in California big game not a big fan only because I don't know enough where to go. I have one spot uh, up in up in North, Northern California that's kind of like private that goes off into forest. Um, besides that, every other place that I'm like, oh, this is my kind of country in California, you need points for it. X Zones is exactly that. It's a high desert, um, flatlands, not a lot of trees. You can sit up there and glass for days. So I went up there I drove through there. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. I'm going to apply for a zone like this. And you never did it. That's fine. Um, but then I got it. And now I'm freaking out because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> is this for elk? This is for deer. Oh, deer. Okay. All right. But, but they... Um, black, a those little black 14, tail? Oh, no. No. These are muleys. These are big oh, muleys. big muleys. There's a 14% chance I can get a spike. There's a... 48.9% chance that I can get a 3x3. Three three. There's also a 48.9% chance that I can get a 4x4. Four four. So, with that said, that is why it's such a highly valued. And there's 300 tags that go out for this hunt. 300? Most of the people, 300 tags. Oh my god, out. dude. You got so fucking lucky. <laughs> yeah. I thank you, God. I Boy, dude, I don't know what your tag. plan is, but you should be putting feelers out because I bet there's a shit ton of people that have been applying for a long time that have never made it that would would just like to go, you know, just to help out. You need to be networking and find somebody that can kind of pretty much guide you out there. You know me too well. You know I already am. I already have. I've, I've, I've been on posting. I posted it on my Instagram page. I posted it on my campfire page. I'm posting it on every single California page. Hey, I drew this zone. I mean, I'm talking to biologists. I'm talking, I got an interview with a uh, fish and game warden who works the area next to, uh, it's a G6, but it's right below that area. I also have the member of the warden who works G, uh, G38, which is the X10 zone. Um, I'm going to talk to a biologist in that area and do a podcast with her. Um, if her, that's awesome, dude. will allow her. Um, so I'm like, 
I'm, I'm going to go there and go to a bar and just talk to suckers. Like, I'm going to go out there, do Hell some yeah. scouting, go to, go to a local bar, and just talk to motherfuckers and just rub elbows and, and do karaoke and just get motherfuckers to like me and be like, hey, come to my property. When are we doing that? You need, my, me, want... need me to help out? I'll, I'll go, I'll go oh, sing yeah. some songs, dude. I'll, 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 I'll butter some people up. <laughs> Bro, if you could come out here and help me with this hunt, that would be like a dream of mine. That would be you know, sick. Well, when when is it? This is October. October. October 15th, and it's for two weeks. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Um, but God, there's fall no, is such no, a busy goddamn time, dude. Oh, God. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a horrible time for everybody. Because for everybody, if it's not big game, you got duck season coming up for a lot of the duck hunters. Dude, duck season's open in October. The goose season's, goose season's op- open in October. Pre-ruts just kicking off here for whitetails in Minnesota. The big bull reds yeah. are running in South Carolina. Oh, fuck, dude. There's so many things. But at some point in time, we I just have to do it because I do. I would love to spend some time in, up in the mountains with you. That'd just be sick. That would just be like a dream come true. Um, I keep having this dream of doing a backpack hunt. Me too. I don't, dude, I, I, need, I would love to do that. Yeah, I mean, like, I want to get out I've, into the mountains watching... where there's no light pollution, and just have a campfire, bullshit around the campfire, legit campfire evolution <laughs> with my brother Buck the Black Hunter, <laughs> Chili Dog, Orlando Giles, and and just fucking freak out because you know, I mean, I get it a little bit when I go in northern Minnesota. There's not a ton of light pollution up there, and the night skies are just filled with so many stars and you can see the milky way and it's just, it's just crazy but in northern minnesota there's so many trees so you get out in the mountains and if you have a you know depending on where you're at there can be a lot of trees but depending on where you're at you know they call montana big sky country for a reason so i mean you can see yeah you know just for miles and miles and miles and miles so that same thing that trips me out when i look at the minnesota sky and see all the stars like you're just seeing even more of the horizon you're seeing more of the stars and it's just head explosion i mean yeah I, th- I think it's very um just puts kind of puts everything in perspective you know like how how small we are <laughs> really i mean to be honest you know it's like it's yeah. just it's like wow all the shit that that goes down on on this little rock and you know it's just it's a good reset to just go yeah, there's a lot more going on than just right here. If I took if I took a handful of people who are out there riding, and I don't want to get out political, but if I took a handful of people out there riding on both sides, the people who hate the folks who are riding and the folks who are out there riding, if I took them out there and I gave them a chance to see a big old black bear flip over a rock, I think what they consider as important would not be as important anymore. Well, I think... I think that they're... Yeah. I think there's a distinction to be made, too, between, between the rioters and the protesters, for one. I mean, I think there's two different... There two different kinds of people. Um, but I do still think even those rioters, which, in my opinion, I think are just... Uh, 
opportunistic urban hyenas. Um, they're just taking advantage of a situation. I, 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 they would, they would come away with something too, you know, because you, I mean, you can't not look at yourself and your role in the universe when you're out there. And just um, for one, most of the people that grew up in an urban center, you bring them out in the mountains and they're going to fucking freak out. (laughs) They're going to be literally a fish out of water. You know, they're going to hear some sort of weird sound and they'll be like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) That's like me. When I first started, every single sound I heard, like, ooh, what's that? Ooh, what's that? Bro, it's a squirrel. Bro, it's a bird. It just ran to the tree. Like, no, that's not a big game animal because you wouldn't hear the big animal. That's a lion, dude. That's a lion, bro. <laughs> that's got to be a grizzly. That's got to be a grizzly, man. This that's got to be a grizzly. It's a fucking chupacabra, dude. I know it is. <laughs> dude, I'll tell you what, though. If you, ever do hear, if you ever do hear a mountain lion scream, that shit will curdle your blood. That That's that's the real deal. I heard a couple bobcats fighting one time. It freaked me the fuck right out. Even knowing that's what that scary, sounds, bro. even even knowing what that sounds like, when I heard it in person, I was like, "God damn, is that spooky, dude? Holy shit!" Yeah, that's yeah. So someone who isn't familiar with it and they hear some of that kind of shit or a raccoon fight, dude. I mean, dude, the noises that make are just like, "Holy shit, bro!" It's a oh, bro, shit. Horror movies are made out of. I got a funny story. Um, there's this public land right behind my house that I, I like to go to. And um, people don't hunt it because there's, there are a lot of people from the city around here. Um, but you can. Um, and one day I went out there with my coyote call, my predator call, and these hikers, there's, there's a shit ton of coyotes over here. So shit ton. So I'm out there blowing my, my call, and I see these hikers, and they're freaking out. They're like... What is going on? Something is dying over here. And I'm <laughs> like just blowing like hard. Like Adam too. Like you they can't see me something camel behind the bush, but I'm blowing it yeah, like awesome. like freaking them out. And I can just see them like get grab their phones and they're recording and they're like doing like a documentary, like what is this? They're you can see them on their phones, like, I don't know what the sound is, but it's scary in the woods and I'm just laughing, bro. I'm just sitting up there laughing. I wish I had the fucking <laughs> knowledge to pull out my phone and record those idiots. Like, just uh, freaking out, man. That is too goddamn funny, dude. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. It was, it was gold. But as I was saying, I think that it's, I think we think we're too big. We, we, we go to work every day before this COVID shit happened. We work, but we go to work every day. We have our responsibilities. We pay our bills. We deal with our boss. We deal with our wives, our girlfriends, our kids, our family, whatever. We get in our head that we are bigger than what we are. When we, when I went to Montana, shit, when I go anywhere in the outdoors, and I see, like even like a domestic cow, when I see a domestic cow out there in the hills surviving with coyotes that are trying to kill its babies, and and you know just when I see it, it's just like holy shit, bro. Like this motherfucker's out here. In cold, rain, snow, whatever, surviving. Like, yeah, it's a domestic cow, but this motherfucker needs to survive just like us. There's nobody out here feeding these cows. These cows are just roaming around eating, eating, eating shit. There's no overgrowth. So, like, holy shit. And when you see a bear and two cubs, yo, when you see a mother, 
fucking bear and two motherfucking cubs chilling, playing, drinking kitty milk, playing some more, rolling down the hill. It blows your mind. You're like, holy shit, my problems are not problems at all. You know, these bears are out here surviving. That mama bear is, is fighting off boars that are trying to fuck the mom, kill the babies, and fuck the mom. Right, yeah. That's legit. That's what they do. Mine blowing and yeah, i just man, want to take that, some I mean, of those guys i get that too and, I, and that's the perspective and that is the important part of hunting getting people out um just in nature is, is and watching nature and and know that it's you know it's hard out there dude it, it's it's hard out there for a player you know in the woods like it's, it's hard out there um, for a pimp dude you, it is hard out there for a pimp you got i mean everything's trying to kill you you got to kill some other shit so you don't die of starvation and disease and everything else dude even here in my little humble farm dude i got the predator problem big time i watched one morning this fox come in and he had already the the chicken was already killed and i just woke up and i didn't have my contacts in i couldn't see nothing i see this black blob out in the middle of my yard and i thought ah damn gophers made another mound but something didn't look quite right about that mound i'm like what is this so i get up and piss and put my contacts in and i look i'm like oh i think that's a dead fucking chicken and all of a sudden, I see this little red fox pop out in the yard. I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. So I go and watch. I go and I grab my 22. And he comes out and he grabs that that chicken. And he, he goes to trot back into the woods with it. So he must have killed it and then dipped. You know, he must maybe heard me get up or saw a light come on or whatever. And then crept back out to, to get his kill or whatever. And then uh, I don't know what happened, dude. I had the crosshairs right on him, squeeze the trigger, and nothing just a dud 22 shell i guess i was like what the fuck so then he bolted i didn't i didn't end up getting him but so i go and i survey my property there and looks like during the night he jacked two other ones there's feather different colored feathers all over my yard and now i got i think it's a skunker i got something else i had some baby chicks um that i've been raising so i had a couple well i have a few different broods of baby chicks in the yard that uh, mamas have been raising but then i donate Every year I donate some um, eggs to this elementary school, uh, West St. Paul, on this kind of science and art um, charter school for first graders. And they, oh, hatch the eggs, they hatch the eggs out, and then when it's time for me to come pick up the chicks, then I usually go in. I get dressed up in my old Farmer Dale outfit with the overalls and, <laughs> and, the, and the boots and the John Deere hat, and I go in and I sit down. Farmer Dale. We do a little Q&A with the kids. Dude, I love it, dude. It's awesome. The kids ask me all sorts of questions, and usually they revolve around poop because they're just like, these birds poop a lot, and then they giggle, and then it's fun. Um, but, yeah, because of the COVID, I wasn't able to do that this year, but I still did donate eggs to them, and then they put them in the – incubators you know and then they would do zoom class or google classroom or whatever the hell it was called with their kids and um i still did a a, a google classroom q a with the teachers that they played to the kids and um so anyways so they they came out or i went down and dropped off or picked up the chicks and one of the teachers had four of them the other one had the rest of them i don't remember how many there were so i go down and i grabbed them couldn't schedule with the other teachers, so she still had four of them, whatever. I bring them up here, and I have this little enclosure, and it's all fenced in, got a top on it, half in and half out of my big shed here, and I got them set up with water, I got them set up with food, everything's going great for a few days. Next thing, I go in there to make sure they got food and water, every single one of them's dead, and only one of them is eaten. One of them, there's a couple wings laying there, the other one's just got killed. So something's getting in there and just, like, thrill-killing, these chicks basically 
So at first I thought maybe it was a weasel, and because I don't know how they're getting in. There's no, I don't, I, I honestly, there's like no holes underneath the fence. Like I, I literally don't know how they're getting in. So anyways, those are all gone. Those are all dead. Then I hook up with the other teacher, and we schedule time, and she brings the other four up, and she drops them off. And then uh, I put them in the enclosure. Everything's great for a few days. I just checked on them today. They're all dead. Found th- I found three of them, and one's just gone or eight or whatever. I'm like, what is getting in here? So I went, I got myself 330 Conibear body grip style trap. And so in the entrance that goes, you know, from the outside run to the inside thing i just put it right there so whatever is getting in there hopefully it goes in there to see if you know to clean up you know eat on the stuff it already killed or maybe look for a fresh one or whatever he has to go through that trap uh, whether it's a skunk or a fox or a raccoon or whatever the fuck it is hopefully i get that some bitch but i need to spend some time out here and probably do some predator calling usually i get you know i can hear coyotes and that but if there's red fox around coyotes probably I don't know. They don't. Red fox and coyotes don't usually uh, live in the same yeah. microsystem because the coyotes will kill the fox. So they must. I don't know if the coyotes have moved on. I and to think of it, I haven't really heard them barking and yipping much lately. But I'm gonna have to set some traps this fall and get. And then when I first moved here, there was I had a huge problem with predators. And I first got and it was like I trapped, and I think I trapped. Um, it was the skunks. I had like, I think I trapped like nine skunks in one weekend. It was ridiculous. And then I hadn't really had too much of a problem since. But, you know, having a free-range chicken flock is, you know, you, you accept some level of predation. You know, owls get some and hawks get some. And you lose one to a coyote or a fox here or there. But this year has been brutal. I'm having like these things. Now, the ones that, the, the ones, the moms that have raised their own chicks, they're doing fine. Like, they're protecting them. They're keeping an eye on them. Although I did find one random one out, I think was one of theirs that was that was killed and partially eaten. I think a hawk got that. I've been seeing a, I've been seeing a pair of, um, like, Cooper's hawks around, which are small bird-eating hawks anyways. They're super fast, super agile, so yeah. they, probably, they probably jacked one. But there's not much I can do about that. I can't legally kill them, so I kind of just got to let that happen. But... Yeah. The, the fox and the the other varmints like the skunks and whatnot, I can I can manage those myself. But kind of got off topic there. But point being is just you know it's when you get out there and you see nature and you see how harsh it is, and it's just like you said, dude. These things are out there, whether it's twenty below zero or ninety eight degrees and humid, rain, hail, all of it, and they just they're just out there, you know survive it and just do what we do and we're in our little walls and blocking nature out and we think we have it so tough because somebody called us this word that i don't like that word and we're super offended and we just fixate on these things and oh you know in the scheme of things god if these animals could talk and look at and look at the shit that we complain about they'd be like man you guys are fucking pussies like yeah, that's what you're worried not. about that's what you're worried about you ain't got no, there ain't no bear waiting to eat you, dude. There ain't no lion that's going to pounce on you at any minute. You don't have to worry about, you know, uh, a male coming in and killing your kids just so that he can breed you and, and spread his genes. And it's what bears do. You know, we don't have to go out there and 
bash our heads together to the, the right to breed with a female one time a year. <laughs> you know, we got mm-hmm. a pretty good, and, and we just lose we lose track of all that. You know, it's definitely good yeah, to get out there in the wild and get recentered. Get recentered. It when you have to climb five hundred feet elevation or more, and then go back down to get the water to go right back up, you know that we have it good. I mean, you can just go in your your, your, your your kitchen right now and turn on the faucet. Right. And um, I think some people need, it's like I think you said earlier, a reset button. I think people need a reset button. And I think that we're getting way too far from what is what makes us human. And we're getting into this new human era where it's kind of like we're, 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 we're stuck because we we're at, we're, we're evolving into this new human era, so to speak. But then COVID happened and everyone's like, holy shit, we got to revert back to farming. We got to get guns. We got to have protection. We didn't know what's going to happen. So we got to learn how to forage. So many people are like, Hey, I know about hunting. I'm a new hunter. What do I do? You're a new hunter too. How did you get started? When I went to the gun store, a lady was like, this is what I voted for. I voted to wait 10 days to get a gun. I can't <laughs> believe I voted to wait 10 days to get a gun. It's crazy how. Yeah. Uh, that is one little thing. I think it's going to be temporary, but. Oh, did I lose you? Oh, I think we lost Orlando. He gone. Hopefully he'll call back here in a little bit. Um, yeah, we're going to have to wait. I guess we're going to have to splice this together. There, here he is. All right, here we go. Lost your brother. Sorry about that. Oh, I'm that's all sure right. Drop call. Um, well, I'm on. I'm getting. I'm under twenty percent battery, but we got a little bit of power or, or a little bit of time left. So, anyways, I think what I was trying to say, if I can remember where I was at. Oh, I think uh, it was. Being on lockdown through this COVID thing did kind of make people take a step back at how like fragile our system was. It's like we're how dependent they are on food trucks and being able to go to the store and buy, you know, a steak or toilet paper for crying out loud. People freaking of all the stuff that they freaked out about was ass wipe. Like, dude, you could use, you could use a rag. You could use old underwear. You could use anything and just rewash it. Just like washable diapers. Like, I don't, this is the thing. This is this thing that you're, you're freaking out about. Not having, not having a supply of toilet paper. I, Oh my God, dude. I like to use toilet paper. I would rather get in the shower. Dad, just a massive shit. Dude, but day sales had to have skyrocketed. I I can only assume. Dude, they did. They have these connector bodets that you can just install onto your fucking regular ass. Yeah, fucking, you just do a redneck uh, bidet. Just toilet. grab a regular old sink sprayer, like you know that you have on your, when you wash dishes, and just hook that up to the bathroom sink. <laughs> there you go. Oh well, you know, I didn't think about that. It worked, right? There you go. but anyways cleaning your butthole with water yeah we just we just lose sight of it you know like what what's important like we don't know how to survive you know the vast majority of people thankfully i've learned a few things over the years and i wasn't freaking out about it um 
but yeah, interest is an interest in hunting and fishing and foraging and farming yeah. and buying local. All this stuff spiked, and even to the point of like I knew a bunch of people when the pork prices crashed, like you damn near get a, a whole hog for free. You just had to go get it yourself, and you had to cut it up yourself. But I know a bunch of people that went and did that. They've never cut up an animal before. They're like, they watched yep. some YouTube videos. They strung this thing up, and it was a family deal. They all got in there with knives, and they cut up this thing. But now they know where their pork chops come from. Now they know what kind of work goes into processing these animals. And they now they, you know, they have... That's super valuable. Now they have a baseline of where their food comes from, and it's just not going to be as easy to go back and watch those Disney movies and where they, you know, or these stupid conversations that people have about, you know, being vegan and not eating meat, and it's this, that, and the other thing. It's like, you know what? You have the luxury of being oh. a vegan right now. Oh. If, the, if the grid oh, ever crashed, I mean, vegans. if we ever did find ourselves in a post-apocalyptic world, you know how fast you would abandon your vegan mentality? The first hunger pain, dude, because you don't know how to find wild tofu. You're going to want to fucking eat. So it, I don't care if people want to be vegan. This is the great thing about this country. It's a free country. You get to do whatever you want. That's what makes you happy man, then for sure, by all means, go do that. But at least acknowledge that it's a luxury to have that that opinion. Because when the shit gets real, oh, yeah. uh, you ain't going to be a vegan anymore. You'll be no. wondering how to trap mice because you're starving. Well, I can tell you from personal experience that I know some people, no names, of course, but I know some hardcore vegans who are, have a pretty good following on Instagram and Facebook, who decided to start eating eggs and fish during this epidemic. Somebody, actually, who claims they're a vegetarian um, and animal rights vegetarian, not a vegan, but uh, started eating bacon because <laughs> of the, their, their reasoning was because of all the extra pork I want to contribute by eating the pork that's extra so we're not wasting it. That was, mm. that was his reason. Well, whatever well, it takes. That was that person's reason. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, you know, whatever makes you feel better. But at the end of the day, like you said so beautifully, you motherfuckers, I love you all, but you motherfuckers have the privilege to be vegan. That's what this motherfucking shit is. Y'all have the privilege in America to be vegan because you can go and take your ass to Whole Foods and get all the deliciousness. Now, I used to be vegan, so I know what they're talking about, man. I know them tahini bowls are delicious. Some black beans, some white beans, shells, some tahini sauce, some garlic hot sauce. It's fucking good. But you need to have these big corporations providing you these handmade meals. And a lot of vegans out there are not foragers. They, they don't know. They wouldn't know. I'm not disrespecting anybody. I don't know all the vegans, but the vegans that I know personally are not very good gardeners. They don't have a clue how to grow anything. Um, they're vegan because they, they have money in their pockets and they can go down to Whole Foods and buy expensive stuff. And most, a lot of it's pre-made. They have all these companies now that just make food and send it to your house and it's already just prepared. You just got to heat it up. People don't even know how to cook anymore. No, I'll go out on and a And I'm not knocking you. This this is gonna be so, yeah. This is gonna be a uh, an unfounded statement. 
but I would bet I, I would I would be willing to put a pretty good chunk of change down on this wager that if you took a survey and you did a study that the vast majority of vegans live and have always lived in an urban core. Like, you don't run yeah. into too many country vegans. You know what I mean? No. I ran into some country vegetarians who actually hunted. So I can't really... They were vegetarians because their dad took them out on a hunt probably a little too early, and they wouldn't something they didn't want to do this anymore. But, um, yeah, you're right. I haven't met a lot of folks in the inner anywhere that are vegan. Well, for... I got to say, there's not a lot of options in those places. Like I've been to Wyoming, I've been to Montana. They don't, they don't you don't really have much of a choice. Either you know what you're doing, and you know how to cook vegan, or you're just gonna. But you could grow yeah, your own food. You don't really have a lot of options. If you're in the country, yeah, you, can you can grow. grow you can grow a giant vegetable garden if you want. I mean, they still have grocery yeah. stores out there. They could. You can be vegan, pretty much anywhere you want to be. But it's more of a, the mentality of it. It's people that live in the country. They see. You know, they see more nature. So going back to what we said, like when you watch nature, you kind of get this different perspective of how life really works. Well, you grew up in the country, you're seeing that on a daily basis, even just on your ride, to, your drive to work or school or wherever you're going. And then on top of that, if you are growing up in a in a on a farm, you're seeing it every day. You know, you're seeing the the whole life and death and birth cycle right before your eyes. And if you don't see it, you know you have good friends or family that do it, so you're just immersed in it. Mm -hmm. um, the point I'm making yep. with the vegans being in your, your urban centers is that this is coming from this ideology that they have, religion, really. It gets to be a religion with some people. They get fanatical about it. But this is completely sprung up from a place of ignorance and purely based in emotion. And it's weird that they take such a moral high ground on it when they have nothing to back it up but their feelings. That's all they have. And then if you do get into a, an argument with them and they're going to bring up, you know, factory farming stats or, you know, whatever, they're, they're cherry-picking, you know, the worst examples they can find to justify their stance. But it's like, I always, like, I always tell them, like, if you could wave a wand and you could magically turn everybody vegan, how would you feed everybody? Like, how how are you going to... You know how much more land you would have to plow under? How much more wild places you would have to tame to grow yep. the amount of food to feed 330 million Americans on a vegan lifestyle? Not to mention the supplements that everybody's going to need to remain healthy. Right. Oh, my God. I mean. Don't get me started on that because somebody really close to me was vegan. Luckily, that person's not anymore, but he was vegan. He ended up getting epilepsy because he wasn't eating the nutrients that he should have been getting because he was eating so many. He looks great. He lost a lot of weight. He says he felt great, but he had a seizure one morning out of nowhere, and this person's not old. He's younger than me. Feed you out of nowhere. Then he started having heart problems. So now he's eating meat because some people who really care about him gave him a phone call and was like, look, dude, we really appreciate your, your, your dedication to this. I know it's how hard it is for you to be vegan, but 
It's not for you, bro. And that's, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, he, I think so. He, had to, he wasn't this, taking the supplements. With this COVID thing, I think there was, you know, I think there's a lot of people that, that did kind of raise their eyes. I do think they're going to look a little more favorably upon hunters, um, at least for a little while. I also think just having an understanding understanding of human nature that it's going to be short-lived and we'll go, they'll go right back into virtue signaling and, and being, you know. COVID is short-lived. But what's COVID-19? Yeah, whatever. We're back to normal. Yeah, like, <laughs> Almost back to normal. That's weird, to, oh, dude. Right. We, were just, we were out like, yeah. eating today, and it was like the wait staff still has masks on. And, and I'm going to be brutally honest, man. I, I, I've i stopped caring. I mean, I still wash my hands. I still kind of do those things. but And I'm mindful of, of social distancing. If I'm in a store, I keep my distance. So I'm doing all those things, which, you know what, in the long run might be a good habit for us just to get into. It's going to slow the spread of the flu and the common cold too i mean it's not just covid so i mean those those might be smart things that we can take away from this whole pandemic but um for the most part man uh it i'm done letting it dictate my life for sure because it's just i think we dodged a bullet i think they they forecast the worst or they were afraid of the worst but now that we have more information it's turning out to not be that bad you know you got the cdc coming out now that's saying that it's not it doesn't transfer on surfaces very well the world health organization came out and said that asymptomatic like spread from asymptomatic people is extremely rare so it's like why are we quarantining the entire country we need to be quarantining at-risk people and people that have it and letting the rest of the world continue on but you know that's hindsight too but i'm done i'm done unfortunately dictate my life i've already sure. lost my job because it, it yeah. changed my life right well it changed a lot of people's life, life too there's there's restaurants that are closed yeah. down for forever there's all sorts of businesses that are closed down forever i don't know if this was related to covid but Evanrude shut their Evanrude motors shut their doors they've been in business for 100 years i think like literally i think it's been yeah, a, like over 100 years ever has been in business and they're gone and now they're shut down yeah so yeah, I mean, it's outrageous, man. definitely going to have some long-lasting effects for sure. And I think being cooped up for two months, you know, helped fuel the fires of of the riots and of the, the protests we got going on right now. You know, people are cooped up. Yeah. And another thing, okay, this is like horrible. So I was thinking about this. If I was, if I was a 17-year-old kid, who didn't get to graduate, no prom, no senior party, no senior trip, no parties, no getting together, school's canceled. And all I had to do was sit at home and just like be bored. And all I had was fucking Fortnite and PUBG and fucking Clash of the Clans to to pass my time. And some shit like this happened, I'd be so excited. 17-year-old Orlando would be so excited <laughs> to go break some windows there. and steal yeah. the TV. Well, no, no, not necessarily do that. But I'd be out there watching. I'd be out there like, like in the shit. I, I'm seventeen. Orlando was never the type to steal like TVs and shit like, like that. I, I, I can't see myself doing that in seventeen. Orlando, um, but I can see myself being out there like protesting. And acting a fool and dancing in the street. 
and running around and screaming and just being stupid, right? Um, and I think that's what's happening. I think a lot of these kids, I think a lot of these videos with the mask on are just a bunch of fucking kids, man. Got to be under 25. Oh, for sure. A bunch of yeah, there's a ton of them there. But, that are, you know, here's an interesting perspective that I've, that I've thought about. You know, when you watch these videos of these protests and you watch these videos of, of even the riots and the looting and... You know, we're we're led to believe this is all about race and everything else, but when you watch these videos, dude, there's people of all shapes and sizes and colors that are protesting yeah. and and looting. So it's like you got your asshole looters, yeah. they're coming in all shapes, sizes and colors. And then you have your protesters, which I'm all I'm all support and I'm hundred percent in support of protesting and having a peaceful protest. And I, and I'm putting them in two separate categories because I firmly believe they're in two separate categories. I think the people that are protesting yeah. uh, feel very strongly about what's going on and they want to play a part in it. And that's great. And I'm seeing white people and black people and brown people and red people and brown hair, red hair, purple hair, all of it, you know, they're all in it. All and I'm seeing yeah, the same thing. It. People smashing windows, stealing TVs. You know, it's white people coming out with TVs. It's a Mexican coming out with the TV. It's a black dude coming out with the TV. Like, so the perspective is like, you know, as far as as we apart as we think we are, and as far as we are on race relations, and you know, where we've kind of convinced ourselves where we're at in the chaos. If you look closely, you'll see we're really not that far apart. No, we're not. You know what I mean, um, and and one, in a way that's a good thing, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the 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 rioting isn't a good thing, but hey, I mean, at least we're doing it together, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I will say two things. Um, I I I don't agree with the rioting. I do not think that burning other people's businesses, breaking down people's shit is a good thing. But I think in order to make enough noise, something like this needed to happen. And what it is, is it's, it's a new generation of kids growing up that did not... Well, I was thinking about this really in depth. So my generation grew up with the last of the racist-ass teachers and the racist-ass school districts and the racist-ass, like, the inner-city, like, shit. I, I can tell you that my principal was racist. A lot of my principals are racist. A lot of my teachers were racist as fuck. I, I know that. But I know that the younger teachers that then came in were the total opposite. So you have this newer generation of teachers who are now in tenure who are raising these kids who have not seen the shackles. They have not been suppressed. So when something like this happens, they have no filter. I was slapped into place to not react like that. I was like, there was, I was so in fear of like authority at the time that I would not have the guts to respond like that. I think that these younger generation kids coming out needed to be that voice. It may be a little bit extreme. It's a lot extreme. It's a lot extreme. And I would like it to be. 
but I, think I wish that they would focus more on business, like places that matter, like like government offices, like 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 places that mattered. I, I wish it would not not businesses, not people's lives. Like I wish they would focus their anger towards like I don't want to say wish, but I, I wish they would focus their anger somewhere else, not on businesses, but more so on like like the government establishment. This this whole process. Um, everyone's talking about police, but no one's talking about prison. That's a whole other yeah, issue right. that yeah, you can for talk sure. about. Like, well, one of the like, big problems, I think one of the large problems here, and I'm going to oversimplify this, but because I think what's going on is is heavily nuanced. There's a lot of different elements of it, and everybody wants they want the bumper sticker, they want the one line meme that sums everything up, and they want this quick fix. You know, the 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 in thing now is to disband police forces across the country, and I really don't see what that's, you know, reform the police? Sure. Do an audit? Sure. Let's try to get these assholes out. Maybe they should probably be better trained. Maybe we can't just hire everybody. Maybe they should be paid better, and you get qualified people. Maybe it needs to be made up of ex-military. I don't, I don't know what the exact answer is, but just not having a police force? I don't know that that's a great idea. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't know if that, you know, they're like, then, we're going to have public servants. Like, that. I, they're just calling them something different. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just not have yeah. law enforcement. I mean, you're going to have anarchy. Look what and, happened when the when and, they stepped back. I mean, people just start burning buildings to the ground. Well, in defense of, just to put the devil's advocate here, when I would work security, we got money when we did better. When when the when we were working in mall security, so when people stole less, when our when our all of our percentages went down, and the businesses were making more money, we got more money to hire more people because we were doing a good job. We didn't get more money if it stayed the same, and we sure didn't get more money if it got worse. So I think. What, and I'm not saying ban the police force. I don't think that's a good idea. But what I think other people's opinions are, I'll say that, is I think they're saying, well, you haven't fixed the problem. We're pouring all this money into, into this pocket, and it's not, you're not fixing it. So maybe you need to do, I, I don't know what the thinking is, but, like, I feel like they're like, look, if it's not working, why are we paying you guys so much? Like, if I had a plumber come over here and I just had my shit would just, it was all, my toilet was all fucked up. And I was like, you know, look, I'll pay you as long as it keeps working. But if it's just not working, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay you. I think, I think that's where they're coming from. Not that I agree. No, I, I, I understand. Think I think it's a, it's a decent I, analogy. I think that's, that's fair. I do also think we need to keep in perspective that while these things do happen and they are definitely a problem, you know, we're, we're, we're so partisan in this country. We're so, we need to be in, we're so tribal. We need to be in this camp. We need to be in that camp. And, and now you're seeing this all cops are bad kind of a thing. And, and the vast majority of law enforcement, I think are great people trying to do good things. I mean, you can't just, yeah. just cause they're wearing a badge doesn't make them bad people. You know what I mean? Like they need to, no. I think they need to do a better, what the incentive should be is for them to police themselves. You know, they need to do a better job at, 
at ferreting out these bad seeds, you know, from the get-go. They should be doing, you know, psychological surveys of, of potential candidates. And, you know, especially the, the guy that that murdered him, he should, you know, he has a rap sheet already that he's had a bunch of complaints against him. And, like, he should have known he was a problem. Why is he still a cop in the first place? So that's what I think that the the police force needs to be held accountable in in that aspect and doing a better job of of policing themselves you know because yeah. look look at the damage um, that's look at the damage that was caused because of this individual right you know um it's it's hard for me to, it's not hard for me to say when i put myself in a in a in a cop's shoes i cannot i am there's not a lot of people who can fit that bill and and keep the calm because it's such a high level of stress oh, when sure. for people who have not like played like collegiate like uh, an intense sport or um, uh, I will say football or fighting or wrestling or some in a situation where you could be harmed they don't know what your heart and your brain does to you you go into a mode that is not like you're not thinking about what the right thing to do is you're just reacting. And I think with cops in certain situations, not in the George Floyd situation, because I mean, you had plenty of like, that. I watched the whole video. Like there was no rage there. You can like couple deep breaths. That whole situation could have been completely different, but in certain situations, like a situation that happened out here in San Jose, California, there was some riots. And a buddy of mine that I know from high school, I know this guy. I, I grew up with, I, I, since middle school, I know this guy. We ran track together and against each other from middle school and we ran track together and played football together in high school. He became a cop in San Jose. They got him on video. You might have seen it on, on Facebook because it went viral. But um, there was a riot and this dude was like, fuck you, bitch. And he's a cop. And then right after that, he points his sandbag at, at somebody and he shoots twice and just doop, doop. And they go and, and it's just, it's a crazy video. But I know he's not a racist. I know this guy, he wants to be black. I mean, this guy wears, has gold teeth. He wants he's so, to be black. I'm not going to say what he is. <laughs> I'm not going to say what ethnicity is because it's going to point him out. But this guy, this is my dude, bro. He wears Jordans. He gold teeth, hat backwards. He said one time he wished he was black. He had oh do rags and shit. Like he hung out with nothing but black folks his entire life. Oh. All of his best friends on his Facebook are all black. He had a black girlfriend from in high school all the way through college. Like this guy's not a racist. He's just a dude who was in a fucking situation with one person. And he was, his heart, you can tell that he was like, his heart was pumping. I, you can tell that that was an intense situation for him. And all he did was react. Right. And that got him fucked. He got fucked. I think they... Yeah, they, it's they tough. You know, well, that's a whole nother kind of thing, too. I don't... I have a hard time having a ton of, of empathy for protesters that, that scream and they throw rocks at cops and then suddenly they some, they get pushed down and then they get hurt and then they cry victim. You had yeah. to know that that was a risk you were taking, taking your stance. If you're, right. if yeah, I, I'm fine with. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. What I'm saying is accept any consequences that might come from taking that standpoint. 
know that that is like, <laughs> it's an inherently dangerous protest. Go ahead and do it if you feel str- if that's what you feel to get your point across. But if something does happen to you, I'm not saying that's right either. I'm just saying that you can't then just cry victim. Like, yeah, you you put yourself you got to realize you put yourself in that position to to yeah. get hurt. You you, you push it. These are people on the other situation. end of that line. They have emotions too, and if you push them to their breaking point, and you happen to be in the way when they break because you pushed them there, <laughs> you don't get to cry foul. Then, you know, like people you, forgot how much their shit thinks. You did that. You did that to yourself a little bit. You got to take at least yeah. some responsibility of that. But, well, my phone is uh, gonna die here pretty soon. I don't want it to to shit out in mid conversation. So, we'll bring this back. Yeah. Um, no problem. So it's been, uh, man. When would that first? So I've been doing this for like the podcasting for like a year and a half now or more it's coming up it'll be two years this fall i think and you were one when it, was it february when i went down to see you so it's been over a year yeah since over i had you on the the very first time so i think everybody should go and, and check out episode three of the full scale Alters podcast go and re-download that it was a really good one and we get into kind of these same um not with the protests and that but um, some of the more, um, you know, sociological issues as it pertains to race and 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 women. We talked about women's rights too, because Cassie had her her voice in there and her perspective. I just thought it was a really good conversation. Yeah. And if you yeah. if you're the kind of person that likes that kind of debate, you're gonna you'll love it. So go back go back into the full scale archives and dig that one out. But what people might not know is that you've started your own podcast. Yes, I have. Tell everybody what that's about and where they can find it. Um, well, Campfire Evolution uh, has a podcast called Camp Talk. And essentially, man, we're bridging lines, saving lives one back shot at a time, one conversation at a time. What I'm doing is I'm connecting with different people and different skill sets and different backgrounds, and I'm just talking to them. Essentially, my whole basis is Camp Talk where we just hung out, we just hiked this ridge, we're, we're mountain climbing, we're foraging for mushrooms, we're, 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 we're falconers, and we're sitting around our camp, and we're talking. And that's what it is. It's camp talk. Uh, I have a lot of stuff lined up. Um, I'm going to be talking to a very enthusiastic person who's also uh, part of the LGBTQ community. And um, I got this person... Uh, I started, I'm, I'm networking with this person and we're just talking back and forth. Me and this person are going to be having a, a conversation about their struggles with the outdoors. And this person is extremely passionate about what they do. And um, I want to invite them out. I, I want to connect with these people. I don't feel like there's a lot of things that we disagree on. I feel like people are just too afraid to like get past the, the, the couple things that they do disagree on and just get to what they do agree on. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I want to bring everybody together. I love all you motherfuckers, every single motherfucker out there. I love y'all. Cause I got, I swear that I can be on a completely different side of the planet and I can already know that there's and all of my shit that I love to do. You're going to like one of the things I like to do. So let's talk about that. Instead of talking about all the shit that we don't disagree and we disagree on, let's just focus on what we agree on so we can figure out how we can bridge this gap and bring people together. And that's what it is. Camp Talk 
you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. Um, it's not big yet, so I'm having a little bit of time getting found, but um, I have, I'm have i switching it up. I'm redoing my platform to make it a lot more better presentable. I just got a camera, so I'll be doing a lot of my stuff on video now. So I'll be having like, I have a video version on YouTube and, and on Podbean and it'll distribute it out to some people that way. But are you on, yeah, are you on Apple, Apple Podcasts? I, I don't think so. I need oh, to, okay. I'm, I'm going to start doing some more research and figure out what the best distribution company is for me. Um, right now I'm on Podbean and Podbean is a little bit difficult to use. I'm, I'm having some, I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of, I got friends that use Podbean and they, they seem to maybe just don't have the settings on their right or something. Cause it should, maybe. Podbean I, should, <laughs> should send that stuff to Apple podcasts and Google play and all that stuff. As far as I know, I'll, I tried to I'll, find I'll ask all of my episodes on YouTube. Yeah, ask them. I tried to find my episodes on YouTube, but it only posted two of them, not all of them. So I was like, eh, okay. But um, essentially, that's what it is, man. I got a lot in store. I got Brian Cowell. Um, uh, I got three, I got a couple of guys lined up that are pretty, uh, I'm pretty like starstruck about um, set up in the next couple of weeks for interviews. And I have my, my calendar is so jam-packed right now, and, and I love it. And um Right now is a good time for me. I'm, 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 I, um, John Dudley just put me on his uh, his uh, Instagram page, um, and uh, there's a video of me on on his Instagram page. Cool, <laughs> shooting dude. His new, uh, uh, yeah, man. He, he 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 posted me on his page, and like, I got like I blew up in followers in like a day, and um, I'm really blessed about that. And I just want to keep coming out with with more content for you guys, um, and just keep you guys entertained, show you why I love it. The reason I'm doing all this stuff on my videos is because that's how I am every single day. I'm not going out of my routine. I'm just recording me being me with music. Music changes everything. But I'm just in the woods running. I'm singing. I'm dancing. I'm sprinting. I'm, I dance with the cows a little bit. I, I'm just a crazy guy, and I just like to have fun. So when you see these videos, this is just Buck the Black Hunter being Buck, y'all. Um, but... Yeah, that's it, man. Uh, my, my podcast is, is it's, it's growing. Uh, I'm building it. I, I made my, you know, my first, you know, teenage mistakes, so to speak, with my podcast, and I'm kind of cleaning it up as a, as yeah. a mature adult. You're doing or, it, man. That's awesome. Like and I got, I yeah. mean, it's what about what what I fell in love with Campfire Evolution, you know, right away, and it's what I love about it is that bringing everybody together. And I think you're doing good work. That you're doing it. And appreciate taking some time out and sitting down with me. It's always good when, when you just call me out of the blue and we get to talk, whether I'm on the road, because I have such a, a busy schedule myself. But um, I love you, dude. Kiss that little well, baby girl for me. Say hi to Cassie good. for me. Uh, we you need to figure it. out a time to get together. That little girl doesn't know who I am, oh, and that's, yeah. that's unacceptable. <laughs> that is unacceptable. <laughs> We're going to put this together. I love you, man. I love you so much. I appreciate you and your wife and your kids. Man, your boy graduated. Man, I so shout out to you, boy. Uh, let's make it. Let's make. We gotta get together, man, and, and, and do some karaoke. I love you. I appreciate you. Bro. Yeah, we gotta figure it out, man. All right, be good, dude. You too, bro. Later, man. Peace.